Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and the startup scene. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. We're going to kick off today's show with Song Choi, Assistant Dean at the College of Engineering, to find out about this year's Hawaii Science Fair. Then later in the show, we'll talk to organizers of the upcoming March for Science here in Honolulu. We have Helen Spafford and Alicia Wood Carlson. But first off, we do want to welcome Song Choi, Assistant Dean at the College of Engineering, back to the show to talk about this year's Hawaii State Science Fair. Welcome back, Song. How's it, Ryan? How's it, Bert? Well, good to have you back on. And of course, uh, you know, whenever there's a science topic going on, whether it's robotics or science fair, you're the man to call. I may be, I may be the last person to call. He's <laughs> both. First and last. Okay. Well, that's good, Dad. Okay. So the science fair is something that happens every year. It's been happening for many, many years. It's coming up next week. Uh, what's uh, you know what's new in 2017? Uh, 2017, we're going to have a lot more engineering projects. Now, is that because you're part of the College of Engineering and you had an influence in that? I, I think I had more of an influence when I was not the head judge because <laughs> I can advocate for engineering projects. Now, oh, I see you can't have a you can't have a point of view as the chair of this this event. I don't. I am a neutral party. Okay. Until maybe next year when I go back to just judging. So how would you articulate the difference at a science fair, mm-hmm. um, the introduction or the growth on the engineering side of presentations? Okay, so the engineering side has grown because from the national and the international levels there's been much more interest in engineering and the fact that application of the science and mathematics through engineering is where a lot of these projects are going. Um, You know, you've seen it with uh, the robotics, and robotics brings out a very different aspect of science and engineering versus the science fair. Mm -hmm. So robotics is more about teamwork, let's get together, work together, collaborate, a lot about the uh, communication, which is true on all sides, and the science fair is more about giving that kid a spoon and saying, hey, dig your way to China. Because <laughs> that's what research is. Research is the persistence in trying to get to hmm. a solution. Interesting. Right? Very different than engineer, uh, robotics. Right. So tell me, Song, I mean, <clears throat> every year that the science fair is put on, there's students that do projects, and I'm, I'm totally impressed by the projects that they work on. How are the students influenced in terms of which projects they decide to choose? Obviously, the influence comes from their teachers who are at the high schools or middle schools and their parents. And what we're trying to do with the robotics and all these other extracurricular aspects is get them to be exposed to other new ideas. You can't have somebody research on something unless they create an interest first. So you remember, it's about empowering students after the education so they can go and dig their own hole to China mm-hmm. instead of you digging it for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a tough thing. You know, it's really big. It's a very big difference to give them a large shovel to big a, dig a big hole versus a spoon and say, dig that little hole all the way down until you can't get any more. So when you talk about engineering, are there any sort of specific uh, focus areas in engineering that you see a lot of students maybe uh, you know, creating projects around? I, I think one of the areas in engineering has always been this interest in robotics mm-hmm. because it's very physical and visible. The other area that I've seen that's been growing is your neck of the woods. It's the cybersecurity, computer coding, and all these other aspects, which kind of ties in, in my opinion, as the next language to learn. 
You know, mm. English used to be the language you had to know to get anywhere. Now I think it's coding. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the science fair itself. I mean, I only have my memories from high school, but I would imagine a lot of poster presentations, um, judges, and I would hope the public perhaps can have an opportunity to see some of these and hear from the students themselves. What's okay. the What's the schedule like? Okay, let me let me give you a couple dates. Uh, you know, they've been already had they've already had their district tournaments where different islands, uh, different regions in, the, in our uh, island itself. These uh, the state science and engineering fair is next week, April tenth through the twelfth at the Hawaii Convention Center. 10th is a move-in day or the setup day. 11th is a judging day where we have actual judges from the uh, academia, the industry, the government, anybody else that's interested coming in and judging the students at the junior high school and the senior high school levels. Hmm. Uh, This year, we have 314 projects, 393 students participating, 114 students, 220 judges and 50 volunteers. So the 220 judges were the toughest number to get to because, you know, we have a limited number of people that can come on a working day Mm -hmm. to spend the whole day there judging these things. That's why we got to have both of you guys come. Well, you know, speaking of judging, we perhaps qualify as celebrity judges. Not so much that we're celebrities, but more because the bar is so low for a a, a celebrity judge. (laughs) Now, what I do want to ask is, as a really full-fledged judge, I mean, these people have to know a pretty good depth in the topic that they're perhaps now, you know, judging a project on. Oh, well, we're looking for both breadth as well as depth Mm -hmm. because, you know, a student may be venturing into the wrong area because he doesn't understand the breath. And maybe you can kind of hone them in and say, this is where you want to look at. Not that other bottle, but this bottle. Mm-hmm. And on the depth part, because if you have a student that is mathematically inclined or theoretically inclined, you want to make sure they're getting all their information correct. So, so if you want to visit, uh, come on the 12th. It's open from 8.30 to, I believe, 10.30 or so, where anybody can visit. If you happen to get there on the 11th when the judging is going on, you can still be there, mm-hmm. and you can look around. Uh, and they have an award ceremony between, I believe, 10.30 and 12.30 on uh, Wednesday. Uh, you know, this is going to be big. These students are being judged so they can go to the uh, nationals um, in the mainland. And, you know, what people forget is these science and engineering fair awards carry not only scholarships but also cash prizes that really have a significant deal. I can tell you right now, for the College of Engineering, we're giving away three awards for junior high school projects Mm -hmm. and three awards for high school projects. Now, the junior high school ones are only $100 each, but for a young kid, that's a lot of money. For the high school one, it's $300 a project. And it also carries a ticket to attend our banquet where they can meet industry people as well as other college faculty and staff. And, of course, that's a motivator and as is doing excellent work. So where can someone go to find more information about the Hawaii Science Fair? They can go to the website, www.hawaii.edu slash A-C-A-D-S-C-I, which means Academy of Science. And we will put that link in our show notes at bitemarkscafe.org. Thanks, Song, for joining us. Thank you, as always, man. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Helen Spafford and Alicia Wood Carlson and talk about the March for Science. Don't go away. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund 
which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, Nohea Gallery, and Straub Clinic and Hospital. I love Hawaii Public Radio. I listen to it 24-7. I wouldn't do my share to make sure the radio station stays on all the time. I do not want it to go away. I want it to live on forever and ever. And if I can do my small part to make sure that that happens, I'm happy. Aloha. My name is Adele Rugg. I live in Kihei, Maui, and I'm proud to be a sustaining member of Hawaii Public Radio. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. And, of course, joining us are Helen Spafford and Alicia Wood Carlson. Helen is an associate professor and the department chair in the Department of Plant uh, and Environmental Protection Science over at the College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources at the UH. Absolutely, and Alicia is part of the communications team at the Center for Microbial Oceanography Research and Education with a PhD in marine science and a mission to help scientists learn to better communicate their research to a global audience. Now, how do we elevate the importance of science in the 21st century if it already isn't very important? And, of course, we want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Well, thank you very much, Bert. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, good to see you guys again. Now, the... um, the, uh, March for Science is taking place on Earth Day, which is the 22nd of April. How did you decide serendipitously that it should occur on Earth Day? Well, the decision to have the march on Earth Day was actually a decision that took place at the national level. So um, the um, people who initiated the March for Science uh, in Washington, D.C., they actually went through and decided on the date Mm -hmm. for the march. And so uh, since then, um, satellite marches or system marches have just popped up all around the world, and, um, and they're all occurring on April 22nd. So in terms of uh, the, the national organizers, what can you sort of put your <clears throat> sort of national organizer hat on? I mean, if you, know, if, um, you can sort of mind meld with them. What, what are they thinking about trying to accomplish with the, the March for Science? Well, I think a big part of what they're trying to accomplish with the March for Science is actually to um, raise the profile of um, science and how science impacts on every person's life in on this planet in some way, um, in terms of healthcare or um, you know clean air, clean water, mm-hmm. and conservation. And the selection, I think, of Earth Day for the March of Science. And again, I'm not speaking mm-hmm. because I've talked to them, but the selection of Earth Day for the March for Science um, is connects well with, you know, these global issues that we all face um, that science addresses. And also, um, you know, we only have one Earth and one one go at this. So um, the the need to really think very carefully about how we're living on this planet is um, is. Uh, imperative. And it's uh, certainly something that's coming at the grassroots level in multiple cities, including on other islands. We're going to hear about that in a bit. Um, but uh, as you had mentioned, it's in many places, over 100 cities and 11 uh, countries. And I think a lot of things are, are certainly coming to de- together. Alicia, when we had last had you on the show, it was one of my favorite shows because we talked about the importance of communications, of, of outreach. You know, scientists can do great work, but if they cannot convey the value and the importance of their work to everyday people, then it might be for not if people don't recognize that. So uh, it seems natural that you would uh, get involved with this march. What what 
really drives you to become part of this volunteer organizing committee to make the March for Science in Honolulu happen? Uh, well, a lot of that really is because I think that this is another aspect of communication. So there's a lot of science communication strategies, you know, one-on-one things, going to schools, uh, trying to sort of bring students into the world of STEM fields. Um, but the, the March for Science is, is on Earth Day, and it's, it's kind of along the same lines in that it's a celebration of science. And so we're really trying to bring in not just scientists. It's not just about us. Uh, it's about, you know, the people, the science educators out in the public schools. It's about, you know, the people that work with technology, anybody that has a cell phone. Um, we, can, we can all get together and sort of celebrate what science has brought us and has, how that has increased our value in everyday lives. And it's, um, it's grown. I looked up yesterday. It's now 491 Whoa. satellite marshes in 44 countries. So it, this is really becoming a huge grassroots movement, and I'm really proud to be part of that. So, Alicia, you know, this is the first time we've had a March for Science, if I'm not mistaken. What do you think has changed in our climate that has warranted a March for Science? I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, there definitely have been some, you know, issues that have been going on for a really long time where science has just been a bit marginalized in, in you know, developing public policies. And that really affects, you know, our everyday lives, especially here on the islands. You know, we're talking about sea level rise and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and that seems to be accelerating. And, and so we really need to make sure that our, our, legislature, our legislators um, act on some very defined knowledge-based facts when they're actually putting together um, public policy for the rest of the United States and especially here on islands. I think it's fair to say that we hear a lot about fake news. We hear a lot about um, policy and changes at the highest level in terms of environmental protection and and uh, economic policy, not just environmental policy. Now, Helen, um, I know that the March for Science both uh, across the country and here in Hawaii has a number of organizations that have signed on as sort of supporters of it. And it'd be great if you can tell us about a few of those. But I would imagine that it is a little tricky to make a march that advocates for science um, not be a partisan, specifically political event. I mean, how are you threading that needle? Okay, so yeah, we do actually have a, a number of organizations, including um, the Sierra Club and Bishop Museum and um, Union of Concerned Scientists and the Hawaii Alliance for Science that have all um, endorsed the the local Hawaii marches. Um, but yeah, you're right. It is a, a trick, tricky um, line to walk in terms of balancing, you know, uh, nonpartisanship and 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 the the political movement that's occurring right now. But um, you know, we, we really are trying to just make this about the value of science in our society. And that in and of itself is not political. Um, when people actually understand, um, you know, what goes into having that cell phone in your hand or what goes into um, the radio that you're listening to, you know, all of this is, is engineering, um, science, technology-based um information that has fed into this wonderful um, tool that we have now. Alicia, you brought up an interesting uh, word. You said marginalized, and you also mentioned that this has been happening over a period of time. It's not just happening in 2017. What do you think has contributed to that marginalization of science? Oh, that's a very good mm. question, Bert. And if I had, <laughs> if I had the answer to how to like sort of address that, then it would be easier to target it. But I I definitely think that a lot of um, a lot of this comes down to science literacy 
and 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 start very very young like get the kids out for science fairs and mm. stuff like that like get them and get them out get them dirty get them to sort of think like a scientist like make a question figure out how to test it and so uh i i think there are definitely um some of the core of, um structures that go behind science in terms of this is a very fact-driven, experimentation-based um, investigation of the world around you has kind of been lost. I don't know if kids really get out anymore and kind of trial and error and play in, in ways that we used to when I was a kid. And so I definitely think that, that we need to go back to sort of the root education of why people are excited about science. Nobody wants to take a standardized test on science. I wouldn't. Mm. And I, you know, I ended up getting a PhD in science, but I don't want to do standardized tests. So getting people really into why science is still unique and fun and then creating the literacy as they grow up after that, I think part of that might have been lost somewhere. Um, and that's where we really need to bring it back. And that's partly why it ties in with Earth Day, sort of that celebration of getting out and exploring. Now, Helen, I like how Alicia mentioned, you know, kids these days and, and such. <laughs> um, the importance of science and communicating is great. And you have platforms like the Internet and blogs and Facebook to spread the word. But I would imagine that we're, there is kind of a next level step being taken. We're talking about a march. We're talking about taking to the streets, expressing voices in public, outdoors, in a city, in a community. Um, and when you talk about young people, I mean, I will say that this year, for, for a variety of reasons, has been a year that is awash in marches and demonstrations, mm-hmm. not just to sell Pepsi, but, you know, to, to spread messages. And my daughter participated in her first march back in January and is excited about the March for Science in Hilo. Um, how do you see the March for Science uh, being able to do something new when the platform isn't just the Facebook page, but is in fact, uh, you know, uh, Manoa Avenue, taking people outside and, and, and being heard that way. Um, I think there's there's a value in coming together as a community um, in person to be there with each other and being there shoulder to shoulder and saying, this is important. And I think um, that's what is not um doesn't happen as much through Twitter or Facebook and these other kinds of internet media. So, oh, I was just going to expand on that and say, you know, as as somebody that does science communication, all of those online forums are great because your audience is huge. Um, but I think we lose that connection to our local community. And, and a lot of what we're doing for the local marches on all the different islands, including the one here, is to really kind of bring the community together to create that core network of people that support science and are willing to advocate for science. Now, the March for Science in Hawaii is actually a statewide occurrence. And we have one, obviously, on Oahu. But, you know, in terms of the other neighbor islands, I mean, was that a grassroots kind of thing? Or how did how did other, uh, let's say, organizers decide that they wanted to do it on the other islands? Well, um, and the the initial march started here in, in Honolulu, mm-hmm. of course. And then as we posted on Twitter and Facebook and created those venues, other people on other islands connected into that. And then we're asking, well, is there going to be a march here? And and so um, our initial response to them, well, um, yeah, there will be if you organize it. Mm-hmm. And so some mm-hmm. people took up that challenge and, and really um, decided, yeah, we want something locally. Well, that's, that's great because, you know, that's going to be a little bit of a – a tease for after our break. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Helen Spafford and Alicia Wood Carlson about the importance of science and, of course, the march for science. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Inter-Island Solar Supply, Kaiser Permanente, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. 
Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Helen Spafford and Alicia Wood Charleston about the March for Science in Honolulu. And of course, uh, right before the break, we were sort of uh, teasing something that uh, we want to talk about, which is the fact that this is a statewide march. And we actually have uh, an organizer from the Big Island who is joining us to tell us about the March for Science in Hilo. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. And uh, this is Angela, Angela Beck? Correct. Yeah, I'm the Outreach Coordinator for the March for Science in Hilo. Fantastic. And uh, as as we have here, you know, representatives from the University of Hawaii, what is your, what is the other hat that you wear there in Hilo? The other hat that I wear in Hilo? Sorry? Or, or yeah, um, um, in terms of your, how did you become involved in the March for Science? Oh, well, um, I, I first became aware of the, the March for Science, uh, you know, with the March for Science in D.C. Um, mm-hmm. I was following them on Twitter and uh, kind of keeping my eyes open. Um, I was, it's something I feel very passionate about. And um, uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, Heather Kimball, um, put out the call to, you know, get people together to start organizing uh, the March for Science here in Hilo. So... Uh, I showed up as soon as I could to try and try and help out with that. Fantastic. Um, so the March for Science in Hilo, um, when and where is that one taking place? So we have uh, kind of two events happening in Hilo. Uh, we, uh, the weekend of, of March for Science and, and Earth Day is also the Merry Monarch Festival here That's in Hilo, right. and the parade happens on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will actually be marching with the Merry Monarch Parade um, on Saturday, the 22nd, um, but uh, we wanted to have our own event as well, so we're doing kind of a kickoff event on the evening of the 21st um, down at the Hilo Bayfront Soccer Fields. We're going to have a, a bunch of speakers come at uh, 5.30 p.m., um, local science educators and science students and some of our local scientists, and we're going to do a Twilight March of Lights um, around the the Bayfront area that Sounds evening. beautiful. Well, that's that's great. And uh, so, Angela, tell us uh, where can someone go and find out more about the March for Science in Hilo? Uh, we are on Facebook, um, so you can find us on Facebook at March for Science Hilo. Uh, we're also on Twitter at March for Sci Hilo. That's the number four and underscore Hilo. Fantastic, and we'll we'll be sure to put the link in the show notes for our show. Well, Great. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks, Angela, for joining us. And, of course, uh, getting back to the, um, the Oahu March, I mean, this is, this is going to be kind of taking place uh, around UH. I mean, do you have a sense as to where the route might be? Yeah, so um, we're going to be rallying on Bachman Lawn mm-hmm. at UH Manoa Campus, and that's the corner of Dole and University Avenue. So right there as you come into the university campus, there's a big grassy area. Mm-hmm. And at that site, we're going to have um, tables and um, uh, displays and activities for um, people to find out more information and do fun things. And then we'll have a speaker rally at um, 4 p.m., um, 3 p.m., sorry. We start we start speaking at 3 p.m., and then we're actually going to march from there um, at 4 p.m. down University Avenue and then and then back. We have a route planned out. So how far how far down University <laughs> Avenue are you headed? Are, are you, you planning to get some exercise, Bert? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to— I mean, uh, I'm, I'm thinking maybe I can join in, you know, somewhere along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. You steps. can join in along the way. 
Um, we're going down as far as uh, King and Baratania, uh-huh. and then we're taking a right, and we're heading up to Eisenberg, looping around the park there, coming back on Baratania, and then heading back up University Avenue. So oh, it's okay. just over a mile. That sounds great. Now, Alicia, I mean, uh, March is fantastic, and bringing these many groups and supporters together, finding voice in the community, bringing uh, them face-to-face with each other. I, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited about it, but obviously with any march, the question is, what does this accomplish next? What is the next step? I mean, when you are back at the university after this great march, um, what do you see as the next step to to gather and make use of the energies that you've gathered? Well, a lot of the, um, the end goals for this march is to really, like we said, bring together the community so people really kind of have a network and of people that really support science and are willing to potentially advocate for science. And that means going home and talking to your neighbors, talking to the rest of your ohana, potentially even talking to your local representatives about the importance of science to you and the importance of science in public policy and support of our local communities. Mm -hmm. And so uh, a lot of what we want to do is is trying to encourage people and give people sort of this inspiration and energy to go back and start, you know, networking with other people and making sure that that's well communicated. For for the organizers, this has also been a really valuable um, for us to network with other science advocates um, on island that we wouldn't necessarily have connected with before. So we can start to support their activities and broaden the sense from there. Now, I know there's a, a T-shirt that's out there that's already a collector's item. I don't know what the slogan is on the T-shirt, but if somebody were to create a sign how would you suggest they direct their <laughs> creative energies yeah their creative energies their verbiage uh well I, we are actually going to have a couple of sign making events ah. coming up oh to. yeah yeah uh, before the before, before the actual the, march before the actual march okay so yeah. tell us about the sign making event um I think Helen probably has the times maybe a little bit better in her head than, oh, she's giving me a look. Um, <laughs> It'll be on the website. They, they are on, on the, the website. website. Okay, um, okay. There are a couple of Sundays leading up to the march. Um, they'll be, I think, at UH sort of on uh, in an informal place where people can just kind of get together. So what 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 actually happens at a sign-making event? Uh, I, you guys get together, brainstorm, like come up with some creative slogans and... Yeah, so the idea is to just sort of like get, you know, exactly brainstorm with some people and then create some hashtag science march because like Mm -hmm, why do you march mm -hmm. for science? What is science for you? And we're actually going to have several very large banners at the actual march where people can sign. Mm. I march for science because or I believe in science for these reasons. So um, we'll have big markers and people can actually autograph the giant banners and then those will live on. Now, Helen, you're the the lead organizer of this event. And and as Bert and I cover on the show, you know, when a group gets together, they find this voice, they start to organize and do things like, for example, uh, submit testimony for bills before the state legislature and organize people and make sure everyone is aware of what's going on. I mean, uh, are you daunted or excited by the possibility that this kind of creates even uh, an ongoing kind of organization to do things like that? Well, that's actually something that we've talked about among the organizing committee. And um, yeah, that is is something that I am very excited about. I would love to see us having a much more public conversation about science and the role of science in our society and have people engaging across um, the spectrum in in how we um, implement these wonderful technologies and get excited about the discoveries that we make and and really support each other. Well, you know, I think this is, might be this might be the uh, the birth of the Hawaii Science and Technology Council that uh, should actually that take a more fantastic. active <laughs> role in, in in advocating for science and tech mm-hmm. in Hawaii. Now, can you make that happen? Well, we'll try. So where can people find out more information about the the entire event? Okay, so on our website, we have um, uh, several things about the 
Well, we have information about all of the marches that are currently organized. So not just the, our march here in Honolulu, but also the information about Hilo, um, Kauai, um, Maui, yeah. and Maui. And yeah, and um, as well as ideas for signs and how to contact us and how to volunteer. Okay. Well, we'll put that up on our show notes later on. Uh, that is marchforsciencehawaii.com. Info, correct? Yes. Very good. Well, Helen Spafford is the associate professor at, at CITAR, and of course, Alicia Wood Charlson is the is of course uh, part of the communication team over at Seymour. Both are organizers for the March for Science, and we want to thank you both for joining us today. Well, thank you. Great to see you guys. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we're going to talk about the recent first robotics competition. And of course, if you mission a part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback, feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chung, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Kozlovich. And of course, until next week, stay safe, and we will see you on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.